Welcome, everybody, to the Bourbon Boys podcast. What began as three drunks writing a weekly newsletter has evolved into four drunks talking into microphones about the SEC football. I am Cousin Bailey and joined, as always, by Malt Liquor, Gus, and our producer, Dr. Riff. Welcome back to the Bourbon Boys. We finally made it to what is officially week one. Uh, I'm going to throw it to our week zero winner. That would be Gus, the only one of us who had any kind of faith in Vandy. Sure. So Gus, take it away. Going on, boys. Happy to be here again. Happy to get into an actual week one. We got some legit games. Actually, some big games. We got Oregon, Georgia, LSU, uh, FSU, Utah, Florida. Hello, uh, but no, it was uh, great to get the first victory, the first uh, uh, winning week of the season under my belt with Vandy putting it on Hawaii, 63 to 10. They scored 35 points in the third quarter alone. Fucking offensive juggernaut. The other Bourbon boys have been telling me I picked Vandy maybe last week or our last episode that they may upset Georgia. I was like, there's no fucking way I said that. Was I that drunk? Well, Maybe I was actually seeing the future because it could Ooh. possibly happen with Vandy's offense and Georgia's depleted, probably a really fucking reloaded defense. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's good to be back. Um, let's go around the room, see what everybody's drinking. Malt liquor. So first I was, did like half of Hawaii's team get like food poisoning or something? <laughs> I mean, I know they're not like a juggernaut, but geez, anyway. Um, I, uh, I'm drinking a postcard pills from green bench, just a nice local Pilsner craft brew based out of, uh, St. Pete. So not bad. Try to keep it steady this, this day. All right. All right. We are getting up there in age and seems like the next day after we talk about our, uh, recording sessions, how, how miserable we are. So with that, we'll turn it over to uh, cuz what you got, bud. So in that vein, uh, I am not having any hard liquor this week. Uh, I'm stick. I'm, of course, I'm, I picked like the biggest beers I could possibly find. I'm drinking a big, huge Grolsch. Um, probably won't drink all four tonight, but I am uh, pseudo holding it in the road um, just because uh, last. Yeah, the text chain last week was uh, one of despair in the morning um, and God, terrible segue. I just wanted to say real quick, uh, in case anyone's listening that might care, I know you guys do. Um, my mother-in-law passed away this week and she was not like the most loyal listener, but she had caught a couple episodes. I tried to um, edit them out to the ones that, did, that we didn't drop the C word um, in the past, but um, she did catch a couple episodes and she did, a, and we always talked college football. Uh, she was a big Bama fan and uh, I'm dedicating my season to her um, but I know as we also talked in the green room that, uh, maybe more of an insult to her than an honor, but, uh, anyways, I just wanted to, well, I was going to pour some out, but I, I think I'll just pour it into my mouth. But, um, anyways, I just wanted to say that real quick. Yeah. I just want to first extend my condolences. I actually, I think I met her twice once at your wedding, obviously. And that's kind of any mother of a bride on a wedding. It's 
you're just kind of giving people a little bit of FaceTime, but I yeah. more finally remember the time I was at the Bama game and she opened up the condo and made oh. us feel what right at home. So uh, condolences to you and, and your Thank wife you. and the rest of the family, obviously. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I don't have much to add there. Uh, I didn't have the Bama game experience, but I did have the wedding <laughs> experience. Uh, very lovely woman. Um, you know, I think your your wife reflects her a lot. That's what I'm guessing, because typically daughters are like their mothers for the most oh, yeah. part. So, yeah. um, you know, didn't know her that well, but if she's anything like a guest, I'm sure she was awesome. Appreciate it. Edit that you. out. But I dropped it. All right. So. Yeah. Understood. My bad. Thank you. Yeah. Roll Tide, I guess, for the rest of the year for her. So, Right. I root for them up until they play us. So how about that? I think that's that, fine. That's, is that fair? That's fair. That's okay. like my life. Yeah. All right. I like that. Dr. Riffick, what you drinking, buddy? Oh, oh, I am drinking a Goon Fest from Dragoon. Ah, Dragoon. What'd you get from Dragoon this week? Yeah, it's a uh, (laughs) Oktoberfest uh, Marzahn. So it's all right. It's pretty good. I tried something different. What is is a Marzahn? Kind of more malty. Malty, yeah. Malty. All right. Just like you, buddy. It's like a German version of like an amber, maybe, right? Kind of. Okay. Fair. Fair. All right. Now I'm uh, sipping on an Oban Little Bay. Um, I am going with the hard liquor. So <laughs> no, and no you know Negroni this week, there, sir. No, no Negroni, and um, yeah. So you know, just thinking about the comments I had made earlier about us not feeling well the day after. I actually felt pretty good, but cuz brought up that I was, I was basically going on a 48 hour binge. And so I was probably still drunk. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's, that's what was going on. Maybe that's what was going on. But I, yeah. uh, no, I, I, I flipped the Negroni switch off, uh, this past week, we went on vacation to Charleston, um, oh. and, uh, had a lot, a lot of gin. So still ingredients in Negroni, but a lot of gin. So, um, so much one night I, I may have thrown up. I will not confirm or deny that, but, uh, yeah. yeah so, you know, I, I, I was visiting my sister 22 years ago and I, that, that's, that, that was the origin of my like hard time with Jen. Like I was, I was thrown up all night long. It was when we used to drink, um, Sapphire and tonic. And I feel like the tonic contributed heavily to that. Um, cause that, that's a, but the New Yorker, the beginning of he's that. The, he was the catalyst of me drinking. Yeah. Wait, wait, you mean a sapphire and tannic? Yeah. Hey. I have a sapphire and tannic. Let's That's get it. this podcast on the roll here, guys. Hey, hey, all right, guys, come on. Let's cut it under 45 minutes, all right? All right. Anyways, no, I got, I want to, I'm trying to get back into it. I, I heard of a drink called old, an old maid. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it. It's a gin drink and I'm, um, I'm, I'm trying to get back into gin. My wife drinks gin. Why don't, you know, why don't we have some, why don't we have something in common? Just kidding. Anyways. um, All right. Looking good guys. All right. So we'll just, uh, we'll get into it. Um, Week one, we actually have two games that are underway. We'll probably speak briefly to them, um, but let's get on it. First game of the week, malt liquor. Uh, Real quick. If you want to try a good gin drink, uh, Corpse Reviver, look it up. Okay. It's got gin, Cointreau, lemon, a little bit of absinthe. Three three liquors that I enjoy. 
Yeah. Excellent. It's a good gin cocktail. Well, I saw, I, I saw something this week, too, where it was Anthony Bourdain talking about a Negroni, actually. And he's like, I don't like any three of these liquors, but you put them all together. Just makes sense. So, Great. That, yeah. All right. So game one is actually going on. Um, Tennessee was laying 32 and a half or is laying 32 and a half to Ball State. Over-unders at 67 and a half. Um, coming in with a lot of hype for Josh Heupel. Um, you know, they finally settled, figured out Joe Milton is a train wreck and Hooker had a good last half of the year and they've settled in with him. Nice stable of running backs. Um, very much a lot of excitement. Some people have them second in the East. Um, we'll see about that, but they're, they're definitely, uh, you know, Heupel seems at least they have an identity. Um, and, uh, as we speak, they were covering the number at halftime. Um, so it's currently 45 to seven on the third quarter. So, um, I already submitted the pick, so I'm not changing anything. I did lay the number and take the balls ball state. Um, they were pretty good in the Mac last year, six and seven overall, but they were replacing a ton of guys on defense. So I figured that was enough to um, lay the number. I mean, there's still obviously the concern about the backdoor cover. You know, I think Tennessee, now that they're up a bunch, I don't know how deep they are. So something to keep out, look out for, I guess, going home. But anyone who's re- listening to this is already going to know what happened. So I, I won't belabor it. But I, I took the Vols. Yeah, so I, I uh, took the Vols as well. Um, as Malt said, we submitted our picks earlier. It was just a matter of, I think, uh, Fatty Fatty Heifel has got that offense rolling. Um, they're going to put up a lot of numbers. It wasn't necessarily that Ball State couldn't couldn't put up numbers as well. I just don't think they can they can match the pace. And I don't care if it's thirty two and a half or not. Like, it's just going to be a a pretty good beat down here, and and that's coming to fruition right now. So, yeah, I took I took the balls. So um, yeah, I'm the. I, actually, I picked the balls as well, um, obviously. And but judging by my next pick, you'll know that I am not full of shit. Um, I, I didn't. I don't think much of Ball State, and I actually think quite a bit of uh, Tennessee. Um, they're a huge concern of mine for the Gators, anyways. And um, obviously, since we're all pretty convinced Georgia's going to run away with the East, they are a strong contender for number two. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. Tennessee this week for sure. Yep, we went ahead and swept this one. So let's move on to the next. All right, another game that is underway. Your Louisiana Tech Bulldogs at Mizzou. Uh, right now, or the line is 19 and a half, or I'm sorry, just 19. Um, the score, let me get there, because they were, the score is 21 to three in the second quarter. Uh, Louisiana Tech did a little bit of research, not much. I didn't do much research this week. Again, shocker. Um, I did see they were projected to be the 113th best uh, program in the nation this year. So that tells you a lot about Louisiana Tech. Then again, projections in any type of field are always a little bit off. So, but I mean, going into Missouri, 19. Yeah, I think I already picked them. I I picked Missouri. So I, I don't think there's really much to talk about here. I don't know much about Missouri at all. Um, they're supposed to win five games this year. 
Yeah. Okay. Sure. But I'll take the Tigers. So um, I'm, I'm taking Mizzou as well. Uh, so Gus, do, do you know who Louisiana Tech's new coach is? Or not who their new coach is, who um, Oh, it's got to be Skip replaced. <laughs> is it Skip Holtz? It is. It yes. is. Yes. Uh, so he's out of the picture, which is probably good news for the lady texters, but um, Mizzou's defense last year was pretty bad. So they got rid of their defensive coordinator. They're just very blah, but I think they're a little bit better than La Tech. And this, they kind of, the third year for Drinkwitz. And um, if they can't open up well at home, it's going to be a long year. So I'll lay the points. I don't feel great about it. If, if they lost this game, I wouldn't even be shocked, but I don't know. I just, have no love for for Lady Tech, so uh, I will take the Tigers. Well, as we were speaking, uh, Louisiana Tech scored, looks like a touchdown. So um, I feel great about me picking uh, Louisiana Tech to beat the spread. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think much of Missouri, um, but that that doesn't mean they're. But Louisiana Tech, I, you know, they they've they've been decent over the past couple of years. Uh, they've they've played teams tough. Um, and I, I think that that's probably what I was going with when I made that pick pretty quickly. But I think it's also about me not thinking much of Mizzou. Uh, so uh, go Texters or whatever their whatever their logo is. Doctor, uh, despite having somebody named Smoke Harris at La Tech, I will uh, I'll take Mizzou too. So which we already picked these, so we know. Yeah. Smoke Harris. That's a great wide receiver name. <clears throat> so um, I'm just going to explain something also. We've, we've done this in the past, and we're going to continue the tradition. When, the te- when there's no line, we're not really going to – we're just going to blow past the, te- the games, um, especially in huge weeks like this. I think it's appropriate. Sam Houston is playing um, at a and I'm really curious to see about a and this year, but this isn't going to tell us really shit unless they lose. So um, it's a no-line game. If you guys have anything to add, let me know. Otherwise, we're just going to move on to the, uh, the next one. Let's move. All right. So uh, Cincinnati, who made it to the playoffs last year, um, is traveling to Arkansas. Now, Natty has lost uh, quite, a bit of, quite a bit of their team from last year, including their quarterback. And Arkansas is, ten, is trending upward. Uh, Arkansas is at home favored by six and a half uh, with a 52-point over. Uh, over under I, um, I I'm tending to kind of be kind of uh, bullish on Arkansas I, I have no idea what I said uh, two weeks ago during our uh, thing and I'm not really going to try and rely on that too much this is going to be a case-by-case scenario but I'm, I'm kind of bullish on uh, Sam Pittman and Arkansas um, it's just funny like you know Arkansas has had seemingly some good coaches in the past but you know, it took this guy who a lot of people felt highly about, but he wasn't really a big splashy name, at least, uh, you know, for the, 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 the general population. It seemed to be a pretty popular um, pick uh, for coaches inside the SEC. Um, uh, yeah, Cincinnati, I mean, they've got Luke Fickle, and he's, a, he's kind of a hot name uh, to take over a big program at some point. So he's always capable. I, I think he's definitely capable of providing a, a spark for the team, um, it wasn't just their players necessarily last year that took them pretty far. Um, you know, I mean, they didn't get hammered by uh, Alabama. I mean, they lost like 20 something to six, but it was, uh, 
but they still lost and, you know, kind of showed that they weren't ready for the big stage, even with a, a good enough team like that. Um, now, Arkansas is not no Alabama, you know, so this isn't uh, this, is, this is definitely going to be a different kind of test. But I really like I said, I think Arkansas trending upwards. I, I feel like uh, this is a this is a game where they can really show out kind of like the way Vandy did. Maybe I know that's Hawaii and Cincinnati are not on the same level, but um, I think Arkansas might be able to show out this week. So I'm going to I'm going to take the home home uh, favorite Arkansas. So um, Cincinnati did lose obviously their quarterback, but they are bringing back um, their entire offensive line, three senior defensive linemen. Um, and they are actually, they're ranked. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a pretty close hard fought game. Um, I think Arky's going to win, but I, I think it's going to be within that six and a half number. So I'm going to take the, uh, the road dog uh, Bearcats to, to cover. I think I might be, be going solo on this one. Yeah, I think this will be more of a a test for Cincinnati, like who are they, than it is Arkansas. Um, you know, Mald, as you said, they lost Ritter, but they also lost their defensive backfield. I think they lost both of their cornerbacks. Definitely Sauce Gardner. I believe their other defensive back left yeah. as well. Um, so it'll be it'll definitely be an interesting game. I think I think this game would be less than six and a half. If we're, we're uh, at an alternate site or at Cincinnati, Arkansas would still be favored. But I think Arkansas at home, I mean, they have the uh, they have their quarterback. It's, oh, my God, what's his name? I can see his big ass right now. Um, KJ. KJ. Jefferson. Yep. KJ Jefferson, big guy. He's been there. Um, I actually think Arkansas might make some noise this year in the West. We'll see. I've gone back and forth since our, our uh, preview podcast on who's going to do what. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take Arkansas here. I think, I think they probably win by 10. Uh, they have to prove it to me. So I'll take Cincinnati also Missouri. I mean, Arkansas has to prove it to me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, so we got, I guess it's a big game. Oregon's top. They ranked 11th going to neutral site. In Atlanta, also known as the New Georgia Dome, also known as the Big Sphincter, um, Bulldogs defending champs are laying 17 and a half points. So there's a little bit of a hook there. The great Bo Nix is returning to SEC play after transferring from Auburn to Oregon. Um, against Georgia, he was completed just over 56% of his passes, um, 230-odd yards a game, but only one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, obviously, Georgia lost a ton of guys, to the, especially on defense, to the draft. They lost pickings, um, But they still have uh, Stetson, game manager Bennett back. Their offensive line is loaded. Um, you know, you think this might be a big number, but – uh, Bo Nix is involved. That's what I keep telling myself. And I see this game going where Georgia's going to pound the rock, kind of wear down Oregon, and get ahead by probably a couple scores. And then Oregon's going to have to throw. And then Nix is going to turn the ball over, and that's going to allow Georgia to cover this number. There's a world where they don't, you know, if they fall behind or, or it's, you know, within a one score game and Oregon can be conservative. I don't know that Oregon had. Who's Oregon's coach now? I know Cristobal left. 
Does anyone know? It would be former Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning. Oh, so he knows a little bit about Georgia. Interesting. Um, I still I, I the reason I'm taking Georgia is Bo Nix. So I'm going to lay the points and take the dogs and their opener and their title defense. As much as it makes me want to stick a fork through my nostrils. What do you think, uh, Cousin? Well. The freaking Bo Nix pick is very compelling. Um, but, you know, o- Oregon, like, they, they beat Ohio State to open the season last year, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. And they had, you know, like, a pretty good running game. So, you know, if that is workable on Saturday, then, then, then maybe Nix doesn't have to put the game into his hands and, and, and lose. Now, if, 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 if he's losing late, then – this number looks fantastic for Oregon. I mean, for someone betting on Oregon, looks terrible for him. Um, I think I'm going to roll the dice, though. Uh, I, I I don't know. You know, like maybe Georgia was a flash in the pan last year, or Stetson Bennett. You know, I mean, he's he's a game manager and he's okay. I, I just can't believe that this guy is in the same freaking conversation as some national champion winning uh quarterbacks uh i i just cannot believe i feel like i'm in a fucking like bizarro world when it comes to georgia um this is this upsets me so much um and I, unfortunately i've got to i've got to concern myself when picking with my heart or my head here because you know georgia is very very good and returning your quarterback is a humongous deal now but they lost so much though as well so are they reloading are they going to suffer a minor setback early on in the year. I mean, did any of their players get, you know, arrested with driving with suspended license or otherwise? It tends to happen. Um, I don't know. Uh, but I am going to take Oregon just to beat the number slightly. Um, I think losing by 17 is still a possibility. The hook uh, might save me. So that's what I'm going to go with. No faith in Bo Nix. Yeah. So I hate both these fucking teams. So, um, 17 and a half. It seems like a big number, but actually, as you said, Malt, probably not. And so, you know, Cristobal apparently recruited the shit out there. He just didn't, didn't, uh, wasn't there long enough for his recruiting cycles to, I guess, pay off. I don't know. We'll see what happens in Miami. He's a hell of a recruiter. I mean, I, I like Cristobal as a coach. Um, so yeah, Dan Lanning coming from Georgia, defensive coordinator. Um, Oregon's offensive coordinator is what's this cat's name again? Kenny Dillingham. Does anybody know who Kelly Dillingham is? Is he Kyle Whittingham's evil twin? No. Yeah, maybe. But so this is, it's shocking that none of us know who he is, but then when I tell you, you'll know why he spent the last two seasons as FSU's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So, so the combination of that, and Bo Nix, I can't believe we're still talking about Bo fucking Nix. He left the SEC, and we're still talking about his fucking acne-faced fucking whatever. God, fucking guy. Yeah, so, I mean, just the combination of this jackhole, Dillingham and Bo Nix going against Georgia's defense, I don't care how many guys they lost, they're still going to be good, um, at least against Oregon. And the game is – the game's in Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah, games in Atlanta. So yeah, it's in Georgia. So I'm I'll take the Bulldogs here. I'll probably take the Bulldogs by like 30. They're just gonna, I think they're gonna beat the living shit out of them. So, but 
if they don't, I, I wouldn't be upset. I don't care who wins this game. I care more about who loses to find the joy. So here, here. Yeah, I'll take Georgia begrudgingly. Yeah, I'm a lone wolf again. Great. All right. So we're moving into our man, you could start out the season like not, not good. Yeah, like really good. All Maybe these I lone wolves. Or, or really you bad. Know? Maybe I shouldn't uh shouldn't have insulted my mother in law like that. <laughs> Stop it. All right. So we're moving on to the four o'clock game. We have Troy heading over to Ole Miss. Line is 22 and a half. To be honest with you, I don't know much about Troy. I didn't even feel like really looking them up. Uh, Old Miss, though, it's uh, they have quite the quagmire at quarterback, apparently, according to Lane Kiffin. You have last year's backup, Luke Altmeyer, and incoming transfer from uh, Southern Cal, Jackson Dart. Uh, he said as of like two days ago that he doesn't have a starter yet, so it'll probably be a game-time decision. I don't know. Maybe you guys have more updated information than that. Um, either way, Lane likes to put up numbers. He doesn't really care who his opponent is. It's not like, oh, you know, we're playing against Troy, so, you know, we're up by, you know, three touchdowns. We'll just kind of turn it off. No, he's just wa- he's going to want to run it up. Um, and I think no matter what type of team Troy has, they won't be able to keep up with with Ole Miss's offense, much like the Tennessee Ball State game tonight. So I'm going Ole Miss and Ole Miss big. This is probably my I won't do I won't do a lock of the week on this game. Fuck that. So uh yeah, give me Ole Miss. So uh I'm taking the other side of this. Just uh, I did look, looked into Troy. They get a pretty stout defense. A lot of they were pretty good last year, have most of their guys returning. Ole Miss is incorporating a lot of new faces, a lot of transfers. So I think it might take them some time to kind of figure out, get, you know, get everything sort of ironed out or smoothed out. So this is just a little bit bigger number than than I'm willing to lay early with an Ole Miss team that has a lot of new guys. So I will take the Troy Trojans. Troy is FCS, right? No, they're in the Sun Belt. Yeah, they're in the Sun Belt. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, actually, I said, no, nah, they're in the Sun Belt. Like, I have a clue what the Sun Belt is. <laughs> so, I don't – I think there's so many damn teams in the um, in, in the FBS now. I, I, I'm pretty sure the Sun Belt's in there as well. They are. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to go on the other side of the coin. I, I think uh, I've got I've got some – I'm not sure if it's misplaced or not, but I've got some confidence in um, Lane Kiffin to be, able to, to, to be able to work with some guys. I feel like he, he's the kind of guy that would – you know, take on players that he, you know, that, that fit his system that he needs, that he can, that he thinks that they will play right away, you know, and, and, and succeed. Um, I really hope the quarterback he chooses is Jackson Dart, that it's just like the coolest name, especially for a QB. Um, now the other kid, you know, backed up for Corral. So, you know, who knows what he learned last year. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, but I'm going to take Ole Miss. I, I, I like the idea of, uh, of Lane trying to, you know, lay the shit out of the, some, you know, like or score the shit out of some points this year. So um, that seems to be as the sense to be as an MO. If their defense can slow down Troy, this shouldn't be difficult, but I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, I'll take Ole Miss. Doc? I got to flip a coin. Hold on. Let's get the app. There's an app for that. 
Alexa, flip a coin. The number I really like is the over. <laughs> if I could take that over, picking oh, the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah over For the listeners out there, it's 57 and a half. Uh, take that all day. I'll take Lane. Laney. Lane, I trust for now. Yeah, until he screws you or us. All right. Uh, well, uh, I, once again, I get to help us blow past a, uh, a game with no line. Mercer traveling to Auburn. Um, man, I really wish we could talk about Auburn, though. Apparently, it's a total uh, tumultuous shit show there. But uh, it ain't going to happen. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll save another week when they're not playing a piece of shit team like Mercer. So we are now in the after dark edition of, <laughs> of the Bourbon Boys. Uh, and and I'm, I'm happy I, I kind of coincidentally and luckily got landed on this game. Um, the Utah Utes top 10 team are traveling to an unranked Florida Gators. Um, this is like the second time I think we've played them. I think uh, played them back in the days of black and white TV or, you know, but, uh, and we won that time, but uh, uh, in a game that a lot of people thought was going to be Utah, you know, like double digit favorite ended up being like a pick them over the summer. And now uh, settled at uh, Florida being a two and a half point home dog. Uh, with the 53 and a half uh, over under uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, like we, we, we documented well um, a lot of uh, Florida's, you know, pluses and minuses in the preview section. Uh, it, it's fairly obvious that the season hinges on the health and success of Anthony Richardson. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of, uh, of Billy Napier, at least the way he's pr- pr- presenting himself right now. Uh, obviously, you know, give, uh, well, we can circle back to that as Jen Psaki would say in a couple of, in a year or so, but um, so far so good. He's kind of saying the right things and behaving the right way. And it seems like the players love him, which is, you know, either a great thing or a terrible thing, uh, but they, at least they bought in. So that's a good thing. Utah is coming off. I think their first ever PAC 12 uh, championship and they played in the Rose bowl Um they are a consistently decent to good to very good team under Whittingham. I mean, he's been there for, I think he was the coach in waiting basically when Irvin left. Is that correct? He's been there forever. Yeah. Um, he beat, uh, he, you know, notably beat Alabama in 2008, I believe in the uh, sugar bowl. Uh, he's a, uh, you know, he's got some big decent wins and, now, albeit you know, like the the Pac-12 isn't what it used to be. That a lot of some of the big name teams are da- are down, but um, but that's still a hell of an accomplishment. And uh, they it's it's gonna be a hell, it's gonna be an extraordinarily tough game. I have um, I've, I, I psyched myself so far up. I was like calling the Gators to go nine and three this week, and I think I committed to that somewhere. But um, I just I just don't love this game. I don't love having a new coach. Uh, they are not. They are like, you know, uh, they're, they're, um, they are confident in their core group. We've got the swamp on our hands though. That's something they're going to have to contend with. This is going to be way hotter and more humid. I'm sure than, than Utah. I mean, I think they like, you know, turned the heat up and turned on like loud music in their practice facility, but nothing can really simulate how just disgusting it is here in Florida this time of year. Um, but, um, so that is something we really have on our side. We being the Florida Gators, uh, I, I would love to see what this new offense is going to be like. Uh, defense is extraordinarily important in this game. 
our, our coach tends to like want to run, run, run and pass if he has to kind of thing. And if Anthony can and, and manage a, a game like that, then that, that'll be wonderful. I, I, I just, I don't know. Something is telling me this, that this is, I don't know. Something tells me I'm not going to be excited, not going to be terribly happy when the game's over. So while I'm going to take Utah, of course, I'll be rooting for Florida. I'll be happy I'm wrong if I'm wrong. So, Utes. Wow. Um, so I started – any of you all follow or uh, Will Miles or heard of him? Yeah. Read and Reaction guy? Yeah. He's pretty yeah, good. That's a, that's a great blog. And so he wrote some stuff this week where he, like, said – imagine two teams and he went through like various a little bit more advanced stat kind of stuff, but basically it was like yards per play was one of them. And then like some other one on defense and basically Utah and the Gators were almost even. Yeah. Um, Utah's big difference was they were way more successful in like the scoring area and I know I remember a lot of games, especially before the wheels fell off, where I think, I mean, Emory Jones probably had four or five interceptions inside the 10. Um, so, you know, Back you breakers. have to figure that that um, it can't do much worse than that. And hopefully with Richardson, we can be better. Um, I just have a feeling we're going to come out and play well. We've had all year to prepare for this team. Um, you know, Richardson won't have time to be brittle. So um, I, I just kind of have a feeling we're going to come out with a big win. Um, you know, we're not very deep, but again, it's the first game of the year. Uh, so I think that with the crowd, hot atmosphere, um, as long as we can stay close, then I think, They'll wear down a little bit, and uh, the crowd will will push our boys over the top. So it's going to be a, a big opening win for Billy Napier and the Gators. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, this is a I go man. I've been going back and forth on this as the week's gone on. I've I've been gravitating towards Florida. I don't know if that's because the majority of my office uh, are Gators, um, but it's just yeah. I just been I've been gravitating towards Florida. Utah is a good team. I don't know if Utah is a great team. They did their damage last year in the Pac-12. So there's that. And, you know, Malt, you bring up the stats of, of the yardages and everything. It was a hell of a lot harder for Florida to do that in the SEC, both on offense and defense, than it was for Utah to do and just an awful, awful Pac-12. But that was last year. This is this year. It's a It's a big game for both schools. Utah wants to show the nation that they're bigger than, than the PAC 12 and they are a legitimate um, playoff team and Florida. I mean, Napier wants to start off on a good foot. You know, this is his, his first, his first test is his first game. You know, there's no warmups here. I think a lot will depend on Anthony Richardson. I just, you know, I, I'd love to know what Florida's I'm really, really interested in, in Florida's defense. Um, Who's Utah's quarterback? Is it the same dude as last year? Yeah, he took over after like the third or fourth game. Yeah, yep. He's above average. He's nothing spectacular. I forget his name. You know, quarterback coming back, same system. I typically like that, especially earlier in the year. 
I don't know, man. No, that's is it Jake Bentley? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, yeah, you know, just coming down to the swamp, it's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. Utah is the farthest thing there is from humid. I don't know. Maybe they're hydrating. Who who gives who gives a shit? Actually, fuck it. Up, give me Florida, man. Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah, let's leave Kyle's on his uh, lonely island over there. I'll take the Gators also. Yeah, I feel good here. It's two and a half. <laughs> it's two and a half. Trader. Yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely. You're right. I I hate the Gators. That's why I picked them. Um. This portion of the Bourbon Boys is brought to you by Pandemic Sauce Company. Amidst a worldwide pandemic and lockdown with nothing but time on his hands, a friend of the podcast started experimenting in his kitchen to occupy his time. He soon discovered a knack of combining a variety of peppers with fruit juices to create some unique barbecue sauces. After sharing his sauces with family and friends, he has now decided to share them with the rest of the world and the goal to become your new favorite sauce. That is PandemicSauceCompany.com. I've had a couple of these. They are outstanding. Um, Some of the ones I just want to know that that are on his website right now are blueberry ghost pepper, jalapeno apple, mango habanero, pineapple reaper, and scorpion guava. I've had two of the milder ones because uh, they are uh, absolutely delicious. Um, Habanero apple, mango habanero, and... um, Anyways, I just wanted to let y'all know they're great. I know I'm not sure. I think uh, doctors tried some of them. Is that correct? This is absolutely correct. They are wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, pandemicsaucecompany.com, friend of the podcast. So, and how next, were your shits the next day? They were fantastic. Was it just as hot coming out as it was going down? Just as hot coming. I think that should be his new catchphrase, right? <laughs> All right. The Red Hawks of Miami of Ohio go down the road to Lexington to visit the crown jewel of the SEC, Kroger Stadium. Uh, Mark Stoops' Wildcats are laying 19 and a half. Everyone is really excited about Heisman candidate Will Levi's. I know it's Levis, but I'm calling him Levi's. Um, But Miami is led by none other than Brett Gabbard who is the younger brother of the soon-to-be starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after Tom Brady gets called back home by his master. Um, but uh, anyway, no, that's not going to happen. But uh, the the Red Hawks are favored to win the MAC East. Um, so they're a pretty good team. You know, the MAC's not a terrible conference. Um, Chris Rodriguez is out for this game and could miss more games due to uh, operating a vehicle while intoxicated. So a lot of this is going to rest on the shoulders of Mr. Levi's. Um, I'm not sold on Kentucky opening up with a big number uh, against a pretty decent team. So I'm going to take Blaine Gabbard's little brother to, to cover this number and maybe even give Kentucky a little bit of a scare. I think they're, they're, they're not good when everyone likes them. And I feel like they're kind of the, the the darling of the East, you know, obviously other than Georgia, a lot of teams are picking them to win finish or people are picking them to finish second. I think all the SEC media people did. I just don't see that happening. So um, 
I will take the uh, road dogs. Look at that. Brett Gabbert. Handsome. Look at that hair. That hair is outstanding. That That's some hair right there. He's at half as good a shape, according to uh, Rick Stroud, who runs a podcast down here in St. Petersburg and also, I guess, writes for the Tampa Bay Times. Um, he said that Blaine Gabbert is like the most fit dude he's ever seen. So, you know, if this kid's got those kind of genes, then he's got to be a hell of an athlete uh, for a college game. Anyways. Um, I heard somewhere that, uh, there, that, that Giselle has moved out of the compound. And has left for Costa Rica. I saw that. Yeah, it was totally unconfirmed, anonymous sources, and uh, apparently it was quoting a dubious site. So um, you know, we hope it's not true. Although Tom will be fine, unless he's not fine, and then that sucks. Um, I'm totally on board with you. I I think uh, you know, like I've kind of started buying into the Kentucky hype, and I just don't. It's like team. It's like it's like everything about the media it's like they'll just fucking harp on something that they want to happen and like then that will be the uh and that is the what's that and that is their story it's just kind of i would love for kentucky not to be anything this year i would love for tennessee not to be anything all right but i I would say i can't have all this um oh man a bombay campbell i love that name or Ambe Caldwell, that's a cool name on the Red Hawks. So I agree. I'm going to, I'm going to stay, I'm going to hold off before I go all in on Kentucky. Um, that is a, that's a fact. I have no problem with them winning here. Hey, there's a Greek guy. Uh, yeah. So, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Red Hawks on this, uh, this, this game, maybe open, open the season off a little tighter than uh, they'd like to. I, I just, some, I just cannot believe in this fucking world we're in that Mark Stoops is some god of coaching. All right, anyways, that's that's enough. Go Red Hawks. Yeah, I agree with both you guys. I I don't see I don't see Kentucky winning by essentially three scores. Um it's just I don't think it's going to happen, especially I didn't know Rodriguez was out because he likes to drink and drive. What an ass. Um but uh yeah, I mean, there's not much I, I think you guys pretty much covered it all. I think Stoops is a great defensive coordinator. Let me back that up. He's a good defensive coordinator. He's not great. Um, he's just at a program that they're happy with, with uh, being mediocre because they have basketball to worry about. And Kroger Stadium, uh, more along the lines on Kroger. So do they own Winn-Dixie or something? Because I see the Kroger, or the Kroger delivery trucks around here the home delivery so is that i heard that rumor did they buy winn dixie i couldn't tell you i haven't been in winn dixie in 30 years but i, I go to winn dixie once a week well there you go who knows i would never but, i would never set foot in kroger though yeah your your interesting grocery stories are always coming from winn dixie that's kind of why i shy away no no offense to anyone out there who shops at winn dixie it's it's kind of like you i know, was a like, cashier there no i mean let me just say like when you go to winn dixie it's kind of like um if you're at a stoplight or if you're driving up to a stoplight and somebody does something shitty and you flick them off, right? And then you reach the stoplight and it's red and it's the longest red light on earth. It's kind of like when you go to Winn-Dixie, you're surrounded by people that you don't want to be anywhere near ever. And yet there are two lanes open and it's like they just learned how to freaking work the system because every person 
or every person's paying with change or it's taken forever or you know they don't want this and they got to put it back so paying you're just paying, all right it's like it's like the dude in um big Lebowski. splitting uh, it with check cash and food stamps or you have multiple bars on the right. conveyor belt it's just like if the, if honestly, if the cashiers moved quicker, or if the lines moved quicker, if there was a quicker, if there was a lane for people, you know, who, you know, weren't paying with you know pennies, it would be a hundred times better. But you're just stuck in this freaking purgatory nightmare. Like, so these poor people should just get out of your way, so you could do your grocery shopping. Is that what you're saying? I was pretty much beating around the bush on that. Now I would never say that. All right, so we'll we'll get back to it. Moving on, we have another. No line game. It looks like Vandy is going to be two and zero as they uh, as Elon comes to Nashville to play the uh, the Commodores. Man, can Vandy put so, up over sixty in two straight weeks? I'm looking at the over unders, the win totals that we did last week or two weeks ago, and, and they are going to be sitting pretty at two and zero and just need a half a game. Yeah, for Gus to for Gus to take, to be the lone wolf on Vandy again, Fucking and I'm Vandy, sure that, baby. that one win is going to definitely be Georgia, right? Right, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Holy Fucking. shit, man! I can't believe it. All right, Elon, don't let us down. So uh, yeah, so Elon Vandy, that's a seven o'clock kickoff. You so you know yeah. they should change nope. their name to like the Teslas or the uh, oh yeah space South Africans. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if, if you get bored with Utah, Florida, why don't you just switch over to Elon Vandy? And then there's nothing the else next... good to do in Nashville at seven o'clock. That's right. And uh, moving on to the next game, 7 30, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Utah State. Roll tie. Utah State is rolling in to Tuscaloosa. Alabama's favored by. Is that 38 and a half? I don't have my glasses mm-hmm. on. Yeah. 36, 38. All right. 38 and a half. Man, that's a huge number. I normally don't like doing huge numbers. Um, I got a little bit of Utah State uh, pride in me. Um, guy at work I sit next to, we become uh, pretty tight. Big Rod. Uh, he played <laughs> linebacker. Uh, I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> sorry. So, big you Rodney. Sit next to him or do you sit on him? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Mark that tape. Well, he is a very he is a very large man, and his name is Rodney. Uh, so no, Big Rodney uh, played linebacker for Utah State around the time that we were in college. He's our age, so uh, Florida, Florida born and raised out of uh, the Panhandle. Um, so I get a I gotta give Utah State a little bit of love, um, but they are playing Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Nick Saban said that last year was a rebuilding year. So they must be rebuilt. Um, I mean, their defensive line is going to be ridiculous. They have the Heisman winner at quarterback. They'll probably win it again, unless that no-name quarterback from Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, pulls it out somehow because of the week schedule they're going to play. Honestly, don't know what Ohio State schedule looks like. But, yeah, 38 and a half is – man, that's a, that's a big number. Um, I know Utah State is not good. They're never good. Um, yeah, give, give me Alabama. They're probably going to win like 63 to 10. So roll tide. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't have a ton of analysis on this. Um, just the concerns, the backdoor cover, but um, Bama looks pretty locked and loaded. Uh, so, I, I mean, they'll probably be up 35 and a half. It's just a matter of what happens in the second half, but uh, I will lay the points. Yeah, I'm a, like, this kind of reminds me of like an NCAA tournament game, like a 5-12, you know, where I would, you know, be more than happy to take Utah State uh, seeded, 5-12 seed game. Um, I, uh, I don't think I'm doing this out of nostalgia or, you know, appreciation for my mom, my mother-in-law, but I, I, that tends to be a concern with Alabama, like whether or not Saban's, you know, interested in uh, the spread or, you know, how many points they score, but it's the first game of the year. They're going to light the shit out of them. I think 38 is no problem for them. 39. Um, That is obviously, you know, if he's pulling starters at half, which is the smart thing to do, you know, it's a long season. You don't want Bryce. I mean, I would pull Bryce Young after the first quarter. But, you know, who knows who they've gotten their, you know, waiting in the wings right there because that can be a concern, as we all know, who's ready to step up as Alabama's second, you know, second-string quarterback. Um, I think uh, I think very little analysis required, just, you know, kind of a, kind of a heart, heart pick here. For Anyway, so, but, yeah, roll tide. Yeah, and don't forget that uh, Utah State is the Aggies. So no. Saban, Saban doesn't really like Aggies very much. No. You know? He's ready to take it out on them. <laughs> You're all tied. Sweep it. Okay, so this might be everyone's favorite coach, current coach in the SEC. Um, Memphis is – unless this is – Memphis is traveling – little farther than they travel for Oxford over to Starkville. They're traveling to Mississippi State. It's going to be a 7.30 game, 6.30 local. Mississippi State favored by 16.5 points, and uh, the over-under is not extraordinarily high. Um, you know, but I think the concern is that the um, uh, Mike Leach exactly hasn't exactly been like this, you know, consistent – explosive offense, you know, guy that a lot that I expected anyways. Um, Memphis apparently has got a, a pretty, pretty decent offense. Um, they, it's been called explosive in some capacity. Um, this, you know, playing Mississippi state that, but interestingly enough, Mississippi state, which Mike Leach isn't necessarily used to has got a, uh, it's got a good defense this year. And so, um, I mean, that's a, I don't know. It, it, the problem with Mike Leach and this Mississippi State team is one week he'll score a shitload of points and this week he'll score, he won't score at all. And it's a little too inconsistent for me. I, um, I think Memphis beat them last year. I'm not hundred percent sure of that, but, uh, I'm just, I'm just a little concerned. I mean, I, the, the thing I like about what about this game being at night is that stadium has actually turned into a pretty decent home field advantage, um, especially for games such as this. But I, might, that, that, I think the spread might be a little much. I'm not suggesting Mississippi State's necessarily going to lose, but I think this game's going to be a little closer um, 
And so I'm going to take Memphis, uh, but with the caveat that I'm fairly certain Mississippi State will win. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, this seems like pretty close to the line. Um, but Mississippi State, as you mentioned, very inconsistent. I feel I think I picked them wrong, their game wrong 80% of the time last year. <laughs> Same. Um, you know, I didn't look into that, but it's sort of my recollection. Um, so I'm sure I'm wrong here, but uh too much inconsistency. Um, so I'll take the Tigers. Yeah, so Memphis did beat Mississippi State last year. Um, 31-29. Yeah, this line is is kind of big, I think. And, man, I love the Pirate. They play to their level of competition. They always play to their level of competition. It'll always be a good game, that's for sure. Um, They'll hang with Bama, probably not. I don't think they did last year. Um, And they'll let Memphis hang around and maybe beat them, so – yeah, I think I think enough has been said on this game. I'm I'm going to take the Tigers here, and and you know M- Mississippi State will probably beat them, but it won't be by it won't be by seventeen. This will be my uh, Larry Memorial pick of the week. Uh, I'll, take, <laughs> I'll take Mississippi State. Okay, we've got Georgia State going to. Commander Cockland, have you been following this? Were they why did they why did they feel the need to rename their mascot? Some of those names were so great though. <laughs> um yeah, but you know, why, it was a great though? mascot, Cocky the Cock. Uh but well, anyway. they, they weren't gonna go with Commander Cock if, if they, they thought cocky was too cock too much. What did they end up settling on? The general. Oh god. Isn't that too, think, well? Uh, he's a revolutionary to, you know, war general. Revolutionary war general. Uh, he's, named, he's named after Lee. a specific general from the revolutionary revolutionary war, not the other war. Oh, um, I think Fort Sumter, which is is named after. I think that's the general that Fort Sumter is named after which played a part in the civil war. So maybe this is their way of getting around. They're naming Thomas, they named, quote, fighting Gamecock Sumter. Yeah. Which Fort Sumter was named after, which was a very integral or important location for the civil war. Well, how did, how did Thomas Sumter feel about uh, slavery? No, 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 no. It's from the revolutionary war. So slavery didn't exist. No, 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 wait, no. I'm you, not you sure you're uh I think he's part of the patriarchy. So yes, everything was terrible at all times until right now at Columbia University where yeah. people are still oppressed. I mean, this guy had to own slaves, right? I mean, I'm sure he did. They must have done some serious digging though because I mean, if we can't say gator bait anymore because of an alleged conversation that occurred between people. You know, right. Then I guarantee you, years ago, yeah, right. Then they must have done some serious digging on, you know, cocky, whatever, you know, Mister Sumter, General Sumter, because or Sumner, Sumter, Sumner. God, Sumter, Fort Sumter. Sumter. Okay, good. What was like? I thought it was. There was a Sumner who was part of the caning at the Congress. Right. There's it's that thing where you say something over and over again. You're not sure semantic satiation. I'm not sure if I, 
I'm not sure, or saturation. I'm not sure if I said it right. Anyways, yes, I am sure they must have done a tremendous amount of digging because if there is one letter written about the general where he, you know, may or may not have owned a slave, then they're gonna have to change that name again. I mean, they did not dig too much because it didn't take me long. <laughs> Thomas Sumter, 17, born 1734, died 1832, militia general, South Carolina. Born near Charlottesville, Virginia, served as sergeant of Virginia troops in the 1761 campaign against the Cherokees. At the end of that campaign, he escorted a troop of Cherokee leaders to England and back. On their return to the Cherokee Nation, he fought a French officer, Baron de Jean, whom he attempted to recruit, whom he found attempting to recruit the Cherokee. He emerged victorious and took the Baron prisoner. Sumter was jailed for debt in Staunton, Virginia, but he escaped and fled to South Carolina. Mm. So he's a deadbeat and a fugitive. There he opened a store near Utah Springs and married a wealthy widow. By 1775, he owned thousands of acres, mills, Mm. and many slaves. Ah. Well, then. You mean a landowner like in South Carolina in the 1700s had slaves? Okay. Guys, listen. I believe this uh, this podcast is going to be the downfall of the name The General. I believe that we have uncovered some serious issues. I mean, whatever, you know, I, I don't care, but he's a man. he was a man of his time, so. No, 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 of course. I'm obviously it. being mostly facetious, but unfortunately, we don't live in his time. Did we you live just in assume time his of- gender? True. Couldn't they have so, just named the, the, the rooster Big Dumb Will? I think yeah. that would have. I would have bought. Great. I would have bought that shirt. <laughs> Where is Bug, Big Dumb Will? Is he a consultant? Oh yeah, big time somewhere, right? For Bama or no? No, I love Georgia. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, right. you're right. He's back in Georgia. He went back, huh? Kirby brought him back. Well, he did his. He he did enough uh, sabotaging at Florida. He earned his yeah, way yeah. back. Mission accomplished. <laughs> I know it came back with a big banner. All right. Anyway, sorry, a little diversion there. South Carolina's laying 13 and a half. Big news is they brought in Spencer Rattler, who's one of the ugliest guys come around the around the bend in a while. Georgia State. Uh, last year they gave Auburn a run for its money. Two years ago, they spoiled Tennessee's opener. And they're a pretty veteran team. Um, but I, I think uh, I like Beamer. I think he's turning South Carolina to, you know, something other than a complete laughing stock and a frisky team you don't – oh, my God. You don't necessarily want to play. Um, so I'm going to take the Cox. I think they'll – you know, I, I wouldn't bet my life on it, but I see them open up strong at home and cover this number. Yeah, I, I like Beamer as well, um, and I think I think Spencer Rattler is Spencer Rattler is going to do um, some good things at South Carolina. He doesn't have the pressure that he had at Oklahoma with uh, the freshman that was behind him. Uh, I can't remember his name. Is now at, he followed Lincoln Riley out to USC. Um, you know, he's he's a pretty athletic guy. He's got a pretty good arm uh, for a college football player. Uh, you know, they're they're not going to go out. They're not going to beat the the big names, but I think they'll be able to you know handle Georgia State. Um, pretty easily. This game's at home. I don't know anything about Georgia State. 
but um, yeah, this is, they'll win by 17 or 20 at least. Um, I would also take the over on this. It's 56. Let's go general Gamecock commander Cox. Yes. Yes. General Spencer Cox Rattler. Such a cool name. I think they're, I'm, I, there's nothing, I have nothing to add. I, I, I agree with the, the Beamer. I don't, Love that we have to play him. I think he's a hell of an up-and-coming coach. Um, but um, I think he's definitely going to turn that program around, at least uh, more so than a dump will. Um, anyways, yeah. So uh, go Cox this week. Give me Cox. Awesome. Yeah. Sweep it. All right. We're moving into Florida State LSU. Night game, Death Valley. So, New Orleans. so they're playing in New Orleans. Oh, they're so. they're playing in New Orleans. Oh, okay. Which is, I mean, still. You know. Yeah, still. I mean, does Florida State really travel? They traveled to the Blind mm-hmm. Goat the other night. That was awful. Um, yeah. So I keep hearing this over and over and over again that Norvell's got the team going in the right direction. Norvell's got the team going in the right direction. I, I don't see it. I, they've been pretty bad. Um. You know, I, I just – I don't know if Florida State will ever get back to to where they were under under the Bowden years or, or you know, the, the flash in the pan that, that was um, uh, fetal alcohol syndrome. Jimbo. Uh, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, so, yeah, it's – you know, I, I just don't – I don't see them, especially when you're talking NIL – things of that nature. They just don't have the funding. They don't have, they don't have any of the money that a lot of these other schools do. Um, and I don't think Mike Norvell is just dripping with, I want to go play for that guy. Um, he was when he was at Memphis, but you know what he's done at Florida state. Not really. I, I honestly don't see a difference between him and what Willie Taggart did at Florida state. So um, they have their quarterback was his name, uh, Jordan Travis. So, <laughs> you know great okay um i believe he played a little bit last year too um i think he may have been hurt a little bit last year as well not 100 percent on that but yeah jordan travis really doesn't scare me um lsu is going to be interesting lsu is going to be very interesting uh see what brian kelly does i almost equate this as kind of like napier coming in and playing utah in his first brian kelly not playing the team of Utah's level, but still playing a big name in Florida state. Um, he's going to want to win. He's going to want to start his, uh, his LSU career off the right way. Apparently he's picked a quarterback, but hasn't revealed it. Um, and he's got Garrett Nussmeyer, which, okay. Sounds, sounds good. I mean, if he was, if he was, if he was anything, he would have, he would have played ahead of Max Johnson because I don't think Max Johnson is going to start at AM. I think that's all. Uh, what's his name? Something King. Jaden Daniels. No, no, no. The guy from AM, Texas AM. Oh, Haynes King. Haynes, yeah. So, you know, if Max Johnson can't, you know, walk in and win that Texas AM job and Nussmeyer was behind him, then I, I don't really know. But yeah, so it's between Garrett Nussmeyer, Jaden Daniels coming. Uh, from Arizona state. Um, I think he was pretty decent out there. Yeah. I, lines three and a half. I'm calling this a home game for LSU. I just, I just think LSU will have the athletes 
over Florida State because they've still been recruiting because every every football player's dream in Louisiana is to go play for LSU and they they know how to grow them there. And I think Brian Kelly, you can hate him, you can make fun of him for all the shit he did when he got to LSU, but he's a good football coach. He's a really good football coach. Not great, but really good. And he's a hell of a lot better than Mike Norvell. So he has the athletes. He has a better coach. He is the better coach. So, and the game's in Louisiana, three and a half. Yeah, this won't be a problem. They'll they'll probably win by ten. So, um, I, I I agree with you on the outcome. I think it's probably maybe even a little closer than that. I, I'm trying. I was trying to be consistent because um, you know, I, earlier I picked against Florida, which you know hurts, of course, because they have a new coach. But no, it's not like Mike Mike Norvell and Kyle Woodingham are not in the same class right now. I think that dude from Utah in the SEC would do very well with one of these programs that, that, that just needs a coach, Florida, you know, LSU um, to succeed. Um, I, 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 Mike Norvell has not done anything except beat Duquesne really, you know, I mean, now, I mean, you know, it's interesting, you know, that was something that Bobby Bowden always said, it's like, first you're going to win by a little, then you're going to lose by a lot, then you're going to lose by a little, then you're going to win by a little, then you win by a lot, which is like, kind of like saying, you know, it's kind of a, sound like a Yogi Berra-ism, now that I think about it, maybe it's not as deep as I thought, but the point is, is that, um, you know, there is a concern that Florida State might be, you know, might have, may have turned a corner um, yes, it's beating a shitbox team, but you know, it's better than losing to a shitbox team like they did last year, um, or, or beating them close as they, they did towards the end of the year. Um, I, uh, I just think that Brian Kelly, uh, is not someone that needs, I mean, he's not going to win the sec West this year. He's not going to win the sec. He's not going to win the sec West. And, you know, he may just win six, seven or so games, but, I just don't think that Florida State can compare to the athletes, as you mentioned. Uh, recruiting is important, um, despite what uh, Dan Mullen thinks. I think recruiting is extremely important. So um, I think that they have the players, they have the athletes, they have a serious coach, and um, who's probably never been photographed for. Look, well, never mind. Anyways, I'll take uh, I'll take LSU as well. Yeah, I mean. I'm with y'all. I don't. I I don't think FSU's quarterback's good. He's he's a good runner, but that plays so into the strength of LSU. With their front seven's pretty good. I mean, in fact, their defensive line is one of the best in the country. Um, so, you know, I just I I don't think FSU's going to move the ball, and Norvell doesn't strike me as some dynamic coach. Kelly's a better coach. It's going to take him some time to break LSU in, but this is going to be really a game he needs to win. Um, and I mean, it's basically a home game in the Superdome. So, um, so I, I think this number is going to be pretty easy to cover. In fact, this is my lock of the week. I think they're going to, they're going to win by 10 points over these overrated Knowles team. That's grasping for relevancy. Sweep that shit. Okay, looks like we've uh, completed the slate of games this week. Um, some of them are terrible. Some of them are actually pretty interesting. Uh, that's nice that Florida. That uh, excuse me. That college football is starting to 
make uh, week one a little bit more interesting than it used to be. Um, anyways, uh, the Gators, we're going to be keeping our eye on the uh, game, but I think we're going to probably be watching a lot of these games this week. We're all very excited that college football is back. Um, if you uh, know someone who might be interested in a little SEC college football talk, please hit that share button and send it over via text or whatever, whatever platform you're using or whatever platform we're on. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I um, hope you guys have a great week. I say go Gators and roll tide this week. Hope you all have yeah. a wonderful time. Quick update. Tennessee won by 49 and Mizzou is up 21. Yeah. Yeah. Quarter and a half left. So that could still go either way, but Tennessee covered. All right. All right, fellas. And we will uh, talk to you all next week. Let's do it. See you. So, what time?